When their husbands are killed in a heist gone wrong, three widowed women must forge a bond to repay a debt to a local crime boss and create their own destiny. In this film, co-written by Gone Girl author Jillian Flynn and directed by 12 Years a Slave director Steve McQueen, Wes and Desi plan their take on this tense thriller, Widows, on this now-playing episode of View the Right Thing. Hey, welcome back to another now-playing episode, I guess is what we're calling it. Uh, view the right thing. That's the name of the podcast. Yeah. Good job. That's. I was saying welcome to this episode. Oh, no, of you this had show. like a, a weird pause because there. I was I was processing the fact that we're calling it now playing. I wasn't sure if I should because we were calling them mini episodes, but all of our episodes are kind of coming out to this length now. Yeah, uh, around. So I didn't want to call. I I panicked. I panicked. <laughs> uh. So yeah. So we're here to talk about. A movie that we saw in the theater. Uh-huh. And uh, it will get probably spoilery. Yep, probably. In just, in just a little bit. Uh, and, uh, yeah. How are you doing, Des? I'm doing all right. Trying to trying to get rid of the last of a scratchy throat I've had for a while. But... Oh, boy. Here we go. Here we go oh, with the scratchy throat. Barking. Yep. Walter's saying hi. It's okay, buddy. Well, it's wants okay. to be part of the podcast. So, um... I guess uh I guess let's just dive into Widows. Let's do it. So the movie is about oh um yeah, so the movie's about I was like how spoiler should I get in the plot? It's about a group of women whose husbands um all did heists together and um have all died. And the widows are sort of left trying to figure out that well they're kind of caught up in a owing some money situation Mm -hmm. and uh so they decide to pull a heist of their own that's the basic plot of the film yeah uh so first as per usual before we get into spoilers we'll talk about you know whether we like the film whether we think it's worth paying for blah 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 des did you like this movie i did like this movie i liked it quite a bit i definitely think it's worth the money to see it um worth a $15 ticket to you? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I I agree. I I really, really liked the movie. I think it was visually interesting. I thought the performances were excellent. I thought they didn't just stick to the normal, you know, cliched heist thing. There are some of those things in there because it's still a heist movie. Right. But the plot wasn't exactly what you thought it was going to be, I don't think. No. Yeah, there are definitely things... Like, I, I had a vague idea of what it was about, but there were still things in it that surprised me. Yeah. Yeah. So, the movie stars Viola Davis, Michelle Rodriguez, Elizabeth Debicki, Liam Neeson, uh, John Bernthal's in it for a moment, Colin Farrell, Robert Duvall, some pretty, pretty great actors in it. But you only said three of the women. Uh, well, what is her name? I'm not sure anybody's going to recognize... Oh, Daniel Kaluuya is in it, who's great. I don't even know where she... I'm looking on IMDb, I'm trying to find her. Good lord, why is she not at the top with the other three? Well, because, first of all, she's... she's, I know she's not in it as much, but... Well, she's not just not in it as much, but she's also not a recognizable face. Yeah. I don't think. Getting there. Jackie Weaver's in it. Um, I I got completely derailed... Garrett Dillahunt, who I was surprised to see. I was really excited to see in this. Uh, Cynthia Erivo is in the film. She yeah. plays Belle. 
so um, I guess we can. Some in- kind of like all dog slash cat tear down breakout in the outside, outside. of the neighborhood going yeah. on. The dog's having a really hard time. Yeah, I know. Um, so the uh, the movie's directed by Steve McQueen. Um, it was uh, written by Jillian uh, Flynn and Steve McQueen, and it's based on, I think, a book by Linda LaPlante. I was kind of blown away by a lot of things in the film. Um, besides the performance of Viola Davis, I've said on the podcast, I'll follow her to the end of the earth. Yeah. Like, I think she's amazing. Um, but uh, the directing by Steve McQueen, you might know him from 12 Years a Slave. I don't know if you saw that one, Des. I don't think I saw it. Um, he's, a, he's a really smart, deft filmmaker. He knows when to just kind of let the actors do their thing, and he knows when to get stylistic with like his camera like his shot selection um he used reflections really really well on this yeah, film he, did. he uh um he did an amazing shot that i loved from the mm-hmm. the hood of a car yeah um and i and i thought it was not just a neat idea but it was effective for telling the story it moved it helped move the story forward yeah um and get a point across um, I guess we can kind of get into spoilers. So, um, what were your, uh, like all good heist movies, like the the movie is not exactly, mm-hmm. everything is not what it seems. Yeah. Um, so there's a huge reveal in the film about halfway through the movie. They, they don't overtly say it in the scene, but then, well, I guess they kind of do at the end of the scene, but. Yeah. Um. All right, so big spoiler time. But huge spoiler. Huge, huge spoiler. spoiler. Massive spoiler. If you do not want... I mean, this is like... Like, you shouldn't... If you haven't seen it, stop listening. Yes. Uh, so, um, Viola Davis goes to check on one of the other widows. Mm-hmm. And uh, she she basically learns, without exactly learning, that her husband didn't die in the... Viola Davis's Viola Davis's husband. husband did not die in the uh in the uh explosion at the at the beginning of the film. Right. Um so talk to me about that. What what did you think about that? How did you feel about it? Um I definitely wasn't expecting it. Um oh jeez this dog. It made me pretty angry. <laughs> made you angry? Yeah. For, for Viola Davis's character. Yeah, and also because it made me kind of go, well, why did he leave her the, the, the job, the, the envelope with all the stuff for the heist? Well, he didn't, right? Well, he left. He he said, the driver, yeah. the driver said, he if anything, to, he told me to give this to you if anything happened to him. Yeah. So, if he, I guess maybe he could have forgotten about that, but it no, didn't no, no, seem no. like it. He like, left the book. He left the book so she could sell it. He didn't leave the book thinking she was going to do a heist. And that was that's okay. one of that's one of the things that she delivers later in the film is nobody thinks that we have the 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 balls. The balls to do this. <clears throat> but my question is he clearly doesn't care about her anymore. So why leave her anything? Like I think he wanted out of I think he wanted out of the relationship. Yeah. 
Um, Not the way to go about it, by the way. But I don't think he. <laughs> I don't think he didn't care about her. I think their marriage was broken by the death of their child. Yeah, that was one of the things that I really I thought they explored really well was this idea of grief mm-hmm. and um, genuine grief over manufactured grief because at some point she has to just kind of carry on when she realizes what's going on yeah um there's uh so there's a few really like i i i don't know each each of these women sort of has their own motivation for doing this um not just to get out of the money thing um the elizabeth debicki's character is um abused by everyone in her life and this is very much an empowerment thing for her she she gets a a sense of self self self-worth she realizes she can do things for herself she realizes that um she's stronger than she thought she was and i think they kind of all do but i think it is most most uh, evident with her character but specifically because she's abused right um she she stops becoming she stops playing victim in the film um and uh, Michelle Rodriguez's uh, process of grief, I, one of the scenes I really loved is she's trying to get information out of somebody and she goes and she learns that the guy's wife has died and her husband has just died and they're both grieving. Yeah. And they start like kissing each other and then they stop it. And I thought in any other movie, yeah. they're having sex. <laughs> in yeah. any other film, they're having sex. Um, and you never see that guy again. It's not – that's not what the scene's about. Yeah. The scene is not about getting the information. The right. scene is about them processing their grief, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I just uh, – I, I liked the statement it was making about um, corruption in politics and mm-hmm. um, income inequality – and sort of how, you know, there's this thing where this this white politician is, um, he's doing a minorities, minority business owners thing. Yeah. Like, that's a part of his platform. He's not actually helping these people own their own businesses. He's owning their businesses under yeah, the guise. Basically, he's basically, like... Loan sharking. Loan sharking them, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, pretty much. Like, it comes out of that. Like, it's really interesting because... The the thing that, that she says, the salon owner, who's basically being loan sharked by this politician guy, she says, I just wanted to own my own business and he makes me, he lets me think I, can, I, I do. Yeah. I, I thought that was like, such a striking di- Yeah, like dialogue. he doesn't let me own my own business. He didn't, you know, help me own my own business, but I can at least pretend like I do, which is like right. so fucked up. Yeah. Absolutely. There's a there's another really great comment where they talk about how um, he's he's running to be the alderman of this district and um, in Chicago. And they comment that his house is one block inside the district line. Mm-hmm. He doesn't he's not really a part of that district. Right. Um, and that's the shot that I loved. Was he, um, he's leaving an event and the camera is basically mounted on the hood of the car and you're hearing him and his aide slash maybe girlfriend, they, they sort of reference that they're sleeping together. They do? Well, yeah, because he's asking her, have you ever, have you ever slept with a black guy? And she's like, 
are you trying to figure out if your dick is bigger? Point, the point is that she's sleeping with him, so she would know. Okay. I didn't, so, somehow didn't put that together. At least that's what I what I was getting out what of it. What I got out of it was, like, he's asking a personal question that has nothing to do with anything. I think it's both. Know? I think it's both. But, I mean, she specifically says that line, so I, yeah. I, I assume that's what was going on. Um, he's also not married in the film. Right. Um, and she's with him, like, at funerals and stuff, too. Yeah, that's true. So... So they mount the car on the hood during this conversation, and she kind of lets him have it a little bit. And like she she puts it puts everything back on course yeah. uh, in their conversation and their monologue, which is great. But you never see them in this right. mo- and during this monologue. You're seeing the neighborhood as they leave this event, and you you're looking um, at the right side of the car, and so you're seeing all of the the income inequality in action, all of the buildings and empty lots and, you know, brick, lots of brick structures and things. And then at a certain point, they start to get close to his house. There's no cut, you know, it's, it's just one drive and the camera moves to the center of the car while they're talking. And then the camera moves to the left side of the car. And all of a sudden you see all the beautiful houses and people that are getting lawn work done, people getting stuff installed and construction workers doing renovations on really nice, beautiful houses. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was such a, a, a smart and intelligent way to demonstrate something that they said in dialogue. They actually showed it to us. They actually made us understand it in a very visceral way. Yeah, I, I, it's the it's the kind of thing that that I I, I think filmmakers are going to steal. I, I think it's yeah. it's just so smart. Yeah, it was really well done. They did they did a lot. Of, I think you kind of mentioned this a little bit, but they do. He does a lot of work with uh, mirrors and reflections mm-hmm. and. Uh, Breaks up the frame in an interesting way. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> like, when she's in the bathroom, I think she's maybe getting ready for the funeral. Uh-huh. And she's, you know, putting her makeup on or whatever. She's And she's, like, having a moment at the vanity. Yeah. And this is, like, a shot where it's, like, you can see on the left side of the screen, you can see kind of almost the side profile and then there's like a piece where you can see the reflection of the dog on the bed and yeah. then you see her back and then you see the bed with the dog on it. Yeah. Like it's really interesting how that was broken up. Yeah. You know. Yeah, perspective I I thought <clears throat> I thought perspective was really interesting. The end of the film um there's two characters, I think, um, Viola Davis's Veronica and Elizabeth Debicki's Alice, um, that are are um, kind of connected to each other in a way. Mm-hmm. They're the two that seem that they have the most connection. Um, yeah. And at one point in the film, she mentions, you know, I'm your friend. And she's like, you're not my friend, you know. But they really do become, I think, become friends in the film. Yeah. And by the end of the film, there's this, I think that connection stands. That's what I kind of loved about the ending. Um, they both separately end up in the same diner. And there's a pillar with mirrors on it. And there's yeah. a really great shot kind of from a little further away over Viola Davis's shoulder. 
but the way the mirrors are positioned, you can see Viola Davis's face and you can see Elizabeth Debicki's face and she's looking at her. Yeah. And you know just from the shot alone that these two people are connected. They have a, a bond. Yeah. And that's not going away. And and then, you know, they demonstrate that a little bit later. But um Yeah, I, I the framing was really interesting. I think you're right. I, I love that he wasn't um afraid to get the camera dirty. Um in in industry terms, that's um putting things sort of in the way of what it is that you're trying to shoot. So if you're shooting somebody's face, there's a really great shot in the funeral scene. They're at yeah. her son's funeral. Right. Um and the camera is basically shooting almost through flowers. Yeah. There's like leaves and stuff in the way. And you can't quite see Viola Davis completely clear. There's a lot of stuff like that in the film where uh, where he he allows the camera to get kind of dirty and, and obstructed by things to um, to say like, you know, like this is the only thing that matters. What you can see here is the most important thing. Right. None of this other extraneous stuff. Right. Um, there was one other thing oh, we talked about. What was it? Oh, the the. It was a TV Elizabeth Debicki. Yeah. About how like how tall she is, and oh they yeah, let her be tall in this movie. Yeah, I had seen somebody had, had comment on that previously <laughs> that um, in other things that she's in, they tend to shoot her in a way that doesn't really demonstrate how tall she is i mean we've seen her and stuff before and i've never noticed how tall she was i think they also like you know put people on apple boxes and stuff to like match their heights so they're more even yeah. um, notoriously that happens a lot with tom cruise because tom right. cruise is like five seven or something right <laughs> and so they're constantly putting him on apple boxes to make him the same height as women um and in this film they just like let her be i don't know how tall she is six six foot easy yeah she's very um, tall and like even like the man that she's uh, seeing that's a significantly loose, shorter loose than her term significantly yeah. shorter than her and and they just let him be shorter. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. I love that. Well, and and I think too it sort of I I don't know if they cast him short her, shorter than her or if they just just was a circumstance but it it demonstrated a different shift of power for her, I think. Yeah. as well because I think she through her relationship with him starts to see her self-worth as well. Not because of him. Well, not because of him in a positive way. Right. Right. So this was a, I guess a TV series. I didn't see the TV series. Oh, widows. Yeah. Um, but, uh, it's a British, a British TV series from the eighties. Oh, okay. Um, I guess, uh, Colin Farrell and uh, Robert Duvall improvised a lot of their scenes together, which was kind of neat um, to think about because it did it felt um, it felt father and sonish, but again, it felt very abusive. Oh yeah, you know, definitely. It, it felt um, it felt like this guy was just trying to get out from under his father's shadow. Yeah. Everybody kind of uh, gets their their justice as well. The fathers and the husbands and yeah the shakedown crooks um it's interesting because like like you kind of i feel like at the beginning of the movie are like oh i definitely don't want this white guy to win the election for the alderman 
and then by the end of it, you're kind of going, well, he won it, but I don't think he wanted it. Like, No, I think he wanted out. Yeah, so it's kind of like a punishment for him. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's true. Like, even though he was trying, like he was running, it was more out of duty. Out of duty and and and... I think there was a part of him that did genuinely want good things for people. Yeah. Um, because there were some there were some telltale things that were different between him and his father. Like the father drops the end bomb and and stuff, yeah. and he doesn't. And he does seem um, genuinely. He gets asked a question by a reporter about an audit, um, and it seems that there's some uh, work on the green line, the train the elevated train mm-hmm. um, that is costing the taxpayers a lot more money than initially planned. And right. his response to that is so like, it's such a thought out um, logical response. Like people have to get to work, like creating business owners who can't get to their businesses. There's no point in creating the businesses. Right. Even though he's, it's, un, it's a sort of fake business ownership. Right. <laughs> They're trying to do something, you know, and I and I I I want to know more about it. You know what I mean? Like I wish I wish we could have lived in the world a little bit more. Yeah. Um Yeah, man. I really I really enjoyed this movie. I did too. Um really great performances. Um I think that surprisingly, like the one that honestly sticks out the most to me is the the alderman's assistant assistant she just gives it to him in the car and is like listen dude get your shit together like she hasn't been in a lot of stuff that i've seen um but i thought she was really good yeah i swear i felt like i recognized her in something but man i i have not seen any of the things that she's been in apparently she was in colony for a year or so um (laughs) finding carter if you've Seen that show, I suppose. She's in a lot of like miscellaneous episodes of things, and yeah, the I, March yeah. Sisters Christmas. <laughs> yeah, it looks like a maybe Hallmark. a Hallmark type or Christmas Lifetime. movie. Yeah, but no, she she did really well in this, and I think you know I hope that means good things for her in the future. Yeah, yeah, I agree. As someone who's relatively unknown, a working actor, as you call them, in oh, the business, a working actor. Yeah, someone, someone who gets work. Someone who gets. A lot of small work. Sure. Not a not a famous actor. Yeah. A working actor. <laughs> yeah, I see what you're saying. You never saying. heard that term before? No, I have. I said I I I'm yes. Oh, you're just <laughs> acting like you've never heard that before. No, not at all. Uh, okay, so I think that I mean I don't know what else we can say. You know, I think we kind of spoiled it and ruined it for anybody who hasn't seen the movie yet. Yeah. Why are you listening if you haven't seen the movie yet? <laughs> um, Viola Davis is amazing as always. Yeah. She she earns every penny that she makes. She should make more. Um Elizabeth Debicki was good in it too. I mean they're they're all good. They're all Yeah. Good. I mean it's a, it's a, it's a great it's a great like, you know, the top, the clock is ticking, you know, you've got a deadline heist film that doesn't get too cliched. You know, yeah. something that they didn't do in it is um they didn't do like, 
here's how we're going to do it. And then they show you while they're narrating, like, so-and-so is going to do this, and then they're going to do this, and then this is going to happen. You know, like, there was none of that, which I kind of appreciated. Um, It was a little little grittier than that. There was also, like, two times in the movie when... People cheered. (laughs) No, no, I was going to say when the women could have just given up. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they didn't, you know. And, and chose not to. And so that, you know, I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, and the cheering. There was cheering yeah, in, in the there theater. Yeah, there definitely was. And there, there isn't in every movie. I mean, we, we just went and saw, uh, we just saw Fantastic Beasts, right? Which there's a we, there's a podcast for already. Um, and uh, there was uh, there was no cheering in that. No. I didn't mean, <laughs> cheer in that. But in this, there was. I think... Um, the, everything that happens in this film feels complete, feels cathartic, it feels earned. Yeah. Also, that dog has an adorable walk. That little, that little Yorkshire Terrier? Yeah, he's like real stumpy legs. Or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah, it was real stumpy. Oh, man. I saw you, gra- Desi, you grabbed my arm. There was a moment that, with that dog. I know. I was like, this dog's about to maybe get hurt. Well, that's, I was upset well, about it. Uh, actually, before we let's talk about that, actually, because that's a really good point that uh, there's a moment where they've sort of introduced um, the person running against Colin Farrell's. Uh, I forgot his name. He's on the show Atlanta. I really like him. Uh, gosh. Um, anyways, he uh, they they sort of start him out as a nice guy. Yeah. You think he's going to be sort of a good guy in this. Um, and then he shows up at Viola Davis's character's house, uh, and he grabs her dog and holds it by the collar, like by the neck. Yeah. And then you know. He's not a good guy. He's not a good guy, and you're not going to want to root for him. But, like, from the beginning of that scene, he's, like, holding the dog and, like, petting him. And you're nervous. And, cuddly and, like, I'm like, this feels not genuine. <laughs> like, he's, well, he, like with, he's pretending to One be hand like is on that. the dog's throat. Yeah. You know? So it's like, at any second, this is about to go go wrong so um it's a a nice recognizable way to tell the audience that um don't ever root for this guy yeah yeah he he he's putting on a front like he's pretending to be a nice guy but he isn't really yeah like he's in it just as much as the other guys the other bad guys all right well there you go we recommend it go see widows it Do will it. at least be talked about for awards. I don't know yeah. where it'll end up, but I, I really liked it. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be upset if it got nominated for some awards. Yeah, me neither. All right. Well, uh we'll be back soon with another episode with some more now playing movies. Um and then Steve and I have an episode coming up soon on uh steven spielberg's 1941 so if you want to uh viewsters if you want to listen listen if you want to watch 1941 before we uh we put that episode out then you'll be caught up and ready to hear that one all right until next time bon cinema